0: Rogers, who the only place he's gonna take you to is the toilet. Bowl. And then you got Fred Farr, who will take you
1: to the wow. Super Bowl. I do like me a triple butter burger, cheese, in the works, you know, ketchup, mustard, pickles. Could the package
2: be really good? Yeah, I, I certainly would love that. But also to say that, does this look like a rebuild? Probably. If you
0: think we're in a rebuild, then you got the wrong team. QB1,
1: man. Come on, man.
0: Let's <laughs> QB on. in the lead right now. So, John
2: Money. <laughs> What's up, guys? This is Jeff Janis.
3: And Janis does a stop it, oh, Please. What a cat.
2: That's insane.
1: You're listening to the Poor Man's Packers Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast. The one Packers Podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer. Join this week with Todd. Todd. Hello, hello. And training camp is officially over. A hot one today. It was the last public practice i know we haven't had an episode in the last two weeks you know we talked two weeks about practice and then it's been two weeks and we didn't talk about any of the games but now we are back so todd mm-hmm. with training camp officially over how are you feeling what's the vibe you know a, a lot of optimism going on how are you how are you feeling right <clears throat> now
2: so i would say surprisingly optimistic Ooh. um just it just for the simple fact of like everything that's happened over the last six months has had the beginning, you know, it's like the stages of grief, right? Yes. yes. And like, I was really, I was, I was already in acceptance, but i am actually like, I feel like I've taken some steps back and this is football grief we're talking about now. And now I'm in training camp high. Right. Mm-hmm. So like I, I had accepted that we weren't going to be very good this year, <clears throat> but now I've gone backwards and I'm ready to have my hopes and dreams smashed. Um, when we eventually aren't good
1: even though i feel like we will be does that make sense yeah yeah for sure because every fan base right now has to be right. optimistic right i can't think of yeah. even you know you know well it's every off season, but like when the bears fans are I was gonna
2: say i'm a bears fan right now like that's what the state of mind i'm in
1: oh oh because uh, like of... i'm not a
2: fan of the bears but like the state I... of mind where bears yes. fans get to at this point that's me
1: right now. I that's exactly where I am too cuz I know. I it might have been an off-season podcast or maybe the end of the season, but I made fun of Bears fans for like coming up with these fantasies mm-hmm. of how a game's going yep. to go or how week 1's going to go. And then I with this hype with Jordan Love and I've obviously, you know, had my doubts, but you know, I'm hyping myself up about it now too where I'm like god What if he goes in week one (laughs) and then and then he like we're shit kicking him or something and then he runs one in and then he like says something like I'm the new owner or something lame cheesy like that and I'd be like oh fuck this is I am I am all in on the stupid Disney you know rah rah shit now but. It's the worst.
2: Yeah. I saw something on Twitter today, and it was like these are the these are the top three teams at, at betting odds to not make the playoffs. I was like, oh, that actually, the Packers are one of them. I was like, we might make the playoffs. Maybe that's a good bet to take.
1: Yeah, because they have us at seven and a, Vegas has us at seven and a half wins, which at first I thought was pretty perfect. And now I'm I feel like I mean we'll we'll wait until you know a couple of weeks out for our actual predictions, but I feel like Jordan Love is going to have a very similar like year that Rodgers had last year and we're probably going to end up 8 and 9 or 9 and 8. That's kind of what I'm feeling like right now and I don't know. It's yep. mostly good cuz I don't think I would have said that, you know, a few months ago when we were first handing the keys over to him.
2: I think same thing. I was a lot more doom and gloom going into this off season.
1: Yes. Yes because i mean even mini camp he wasn't looking great and he's sure. slowly i mean not a ton of improve i think his deep ball seems to have improved over training camp but i guess we can get right into it now too starting with quarterbacks again today last day of practice super hot it was like i think it was in the hundreds at in green bay we're in the twin cities where it was similar to that too but yeah it was yeah. yeah uh i know like uh Devonta Wyatt dropped out because of how hot it was and everything too. But you know
2: what's bad when you walk up to like get to, get to work in the morning and the doors are sweating. The metal doors <laughs> are sweating. Like, this is yeah, gonna be a rough well, day.
1: Like yesterday too, you just go outside and you get like that sauna feel. Yeah, you know, like immediately. It's like just, a wall. Yeah, it's like dense outside. You like you like walk through dense. the humidity, You're like pushing it aside as you walk. Yeah, um, but Jordan Love. You know, the hype train, like we kind of mentioned there, is in full effect right now. I think just about every beat reporter and I think just about everyone paying attention has said that he has looked better than expected this training camp, which is great. Uh, Especially now after the Pats game, too, where the hype going on with the national media is going on. Rich Sison had some great things to say. I think, you know, he was like, is this going to be the third Hall of Fame quarterback in a row and some other guys on ESPN? Whatever, I still I'm always trying to be a realist. And again, Aaron Rodgers, the that Cowboys game, he had twenty six attempts. And that's when we we're like, Okay, feel pretty good about this guy, or at least that's you know, we know now that's when the Packers were ready to turn the keys over to him. Yeah. Jordan Love now, if you he had nine attempts against the Eagles, he's had eighteen throws this preseason. That's 27 attempts. So he has one more throw than Aaron Rodgers had when he played the Cowboys you know, the year before he started. So it's we're, we still have a very, very small sample size, and I do think he's going to have some accuracy issues. But it's we're, we're at a very, very fun spot in Packers history right now, or at least the Jordan Love era because it's like, I don't know what the fuck he's going to be, but right now I don't think he's going to suck ass. And I will take that right now.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think it's dangerous, right? Like I think, okay, he looks way better than I thought he was gonna look. Watching the ball come out of his, I mean, it, it was never a question about his arm, but watching the ball come out of his hands, and like I watched a little thing on like Dan Dan Orlovsky I think, did that thing on like his footwork. There's like, Dan Orlovsky
1: oh. and then JTO Sullivan are he was a. He spent a training camp with the Packers back in like two thousand four, two thousand five. Okay, too. you know he's a big uh, breakdown. Oh really? Guy too. Yep. I like Orlovsky. He's the guy who ran out of the back of the end zone. The Jared Allen. <sighs> I don't right? like him. Was that, he was the lion's. head. Yeah. Do you don't like smart... Dan Orlovsky or do you don't no, like Jared he's, Allen? No, he's he's such a little fuck. He's why? He's, he's a little sleazeball. He he sucked in the league. Oh. He's just he's a smart guy and he's you can pretty suck good in at... the league and be good
2: though at yes. talking about football. Look Absolutely, he's. <laughs> yeah football so captain
1: todd um but i mean he's just a little weasley guy but he is great at breaking down KAP no that's what i mean i'm talk. not
2: saying i like him as a football player
1: the other thing too because he jason willie doesn't really like him but uh because he uh orlowski used to come on willie and tausch all the time okay and then once he got popular he like stopped returning their calls and shit so he's kind of a douchebag that way oh, that's but he but he did go on the show this year and he revealed that he was even talking to matt lafleur about a possible coaching position on the staff at one point, which I I don't want, I don't need any of those fucking talking head guys. It, you know, yeah, I don't love the Packers. That, but yeah, <laughs> but anyways, yeah. he yes. was
2: talking about the footwork, and that got me really excited, and made me feel like it is kind of all coming together. Like we talked about, you know, people yes. have talked about prior to of just like he's just not ready. Like things Mm -hmm. aren't there. He doesn't look as, I mean, I don't think confidence is maybe the thing, but like, he doesn't look like he puts it all together, but now it does kind of seem like he's putting it all together. Yeah. He is confident. Like, so all that is, I mean, it's just, it's training camp, right? At the same time, you have to, who's he playing against, right? We're playing against twos and threes. Yes. I mean, even if there's ones out there, it's not twos and threes. Bill Belichick's going to give you a watered down defense. He's not going to throw anything fun at you. So That is, and that is probably the most important thing about being a quarterback in the NFL. I've got to imagine everybody can throw the ball. It's, can you read a defense? Can you make good decisions consistently? So exciting. But at the same time, until week one, we we don't know what we're going to see.
1: Right. And that's, I, you know, I obviously think about it way too much, but it's to that point where, I I like the way he runs the offense is great. You know, he's running it the way Matt wants him to, which Rodgers obviously didn't always do, and they obviously had a couple more wrinkles that Rodgers liked to run that they're probably yep. not going to run with Jordan Love. But then at the same time, I the the number one thing with Jordan Love right now is that he knows the offense better than anyone else who's with him. You know, I mean, that's just a fact. It You know, sure. other than him, it's second year – you know, pass catchers outside of Josiah Zaguara. Mm-hmm. And the thing for me is, he's very valuable right now. But let's say we moved on from at LaFleur or something, I wonder what kind, how he would look in training camp and all of this if he had to learn another offense. Now, we don't have to worry about that. But either way, the way he was set up with this offense, knowing this offense, all these young guys around him, and just the way the Aaron Rodgers era ended, he couldn't be stepping into. A better situation I you know I, I like to think Rogers was such an asshole down the line because he saw how poorly Favre managed that situation where he was more of an asshole at the end because he likes Jordan so much and he wanted this transition to be you know as easy as possible where you know like today too fans were cheering him on and he went around and was high five and everyone so yeah I will very say, happy yeah as far as like the transition
2: it's like the you know Rogers walked so Jordan could could run. <laughs> yeah. Like the transition from Farm to Rogers was horrible. And yes. Rogers handled it really well to be honest. Yes. I mean like amazingly. And then now Jordan Love, I mean, what an easy transition for him. Like could could not be easier as far as like I feel like he has fan support.
1: Yes, for now. And like for we, said, now. we still think he's going to be pretty solid, but if he isn't good, it would be a very interesting You know, I'd like to see how the fan base reacts because everything is so positive and optimistic right now. And it wasn't a couple months ago where I'd I'd like to see, you know, what tribe everyone is kind of going to locate to.
2: Let me ask you this. What is the record where the Wolves come out? So what is what is that? Give me out of six. What what record the minimum threshold for the
1: we're calling for Jordan Love's job? You know, if six wins, they're still fine. And I kind of think of this, too, with Matt LaFleur. What if like they're how... one in six or one in yeah. five? Oh, you're saying three, I'm saying, like, games.
2: what is the what is the threshold like at six games? Because that's okay. about how long before people really start tossing you under the bus. Yeah. Give it four to six games. If somebody looks bad for six games, <laughs> but they're probably
1: not going to look good. But that's part of it, too, with this optimism is it's a cupcake schedule this year and even at the beginning of the year it's looking pretty good because i know one of the guys like we could be four and two pretty easily to start the season so i don't know it's it's going to be a year-long thing anyways but again we're not going to know until we actually see you know him play week one snaps and I, yep. you know you talked about the vanilla defense stuff too i i loved watching him in the postgame presser where he was breaking down how he waited and manipulated the linebacker with his eyes and waited until you know reed got past him and then ripped the ball and it's like that sounds cool cuz he's you know verbalizing how he broke down the play but then at the same time at the end of the day it's like oh that was a linebacker in zone coverage and he just waited for reed to run by him like it's not that difficult it'll be it'll be different when teams are actually scheming for Jordan Love rather than preseason games and stepping in for Aaron Rodgers.
2: Yeah, I think like the analysis is always cool after the play, but there's definitely a big difference between Rodgers explaining why he threw the ball high and outside versus low and inside and because of like all that's like get, like when he breaks out a play versus Jordan Love. And like yeah. not to discredit him, but like I think I think if you showed up on a Friday night in Green Bay and you asked a quarterback a similar question uh, who's playing on Friday night, they maybe could give you the same answer. That's just my – I'm just saying like it's not yes. really like an amazing breakdown. They'd be like, yeah, I just waited for a bit. Right. Wait until he was open and I threw the ball. So, yep, good job. It was zone coverage. Yep, so, makes like, sense. I'm excited for week one, week two, week three. Now let's see. Now let's see how he looks when you got good, I mean, what defenses are we going up here Too, We got the Bears, Falcons, Saints first three games. So,
1: yeah, I mean, that, that'll that be a good test, too. I believe, well, that Saints game is at Lambo, but the Bears should have an okay defense. Yep. Falcons, I don't know. Saints have a pretty good defense. So, Lions
2: yeah. defense week four. Oh, so, yeah, so that'll actually be, be good. That'll be a good yeah. little test for them. So, yeah,
1: it'll be interesting. Either way, it all comes down to Soldier Field. Soldier Field is like a whole, that's going to be a moment type, game because it's it actually you know, change, changing of the guards i wish it was at night that's what gives me some pause because i believe it's an afternoon game but whatever well we've talked quite a bit about jordan love here so what if jordan love wins the game and does the belt well that's what i'm saying like if cool. if, if he has to go ahead touchdown and we get Can this stupid disney Fantasyland shit where like go ahead, Ugh. belt on, and fucking starts yapping at the Bears fans. Like, I will melt. I'll be like, oh, my God, my life is amazing. I'm so glad I'm a Bears <laughs> fan. <But, laughs> okay, yeah, we do have to move on because yeah. too much of it, that. Yeah, so completely different direction. We definitely won't stick with quarterbacks. No, we will. Sean Clifford, he's looked pretty good, too. I mean, what a fun preseason. Usually preseasons can really suck, especially the second half of games. But with the depth we have at wide receiver – offensive line, and a decent backup quarterback and Alex Magoo if he's ever able to step in again. It's it's an offense that's moving the ball and it's exciting to watch. You know, Sean Clifford, he yep. was fun. That throw in the Bengals game to Ture, where he was like running and just flicked it down the sideline and hit him perfect, uh-huh. that was very impressive. So if nothing else, I think Clifford is better than what we expected and he should be a cop- competent backup this year, especially for a rookie.
2: Should we apologize for shitting on him after he got drafted?
1: Yeah, I don't know. We kind of apologized last week, too, but I don't care. Fuck him. He's kind of a ginger or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Shout out to all the gingers. Yeah. Uh. Whiteouts. Very interesting group once again. You know, like all the groups this year. Romeo Dubs has had a much better second half to training camp. He had that nice catch against the Patriots, which was pretty cool. I'm watching it live, and I'm like, I think, you know, you – People are always so fixated at the end of the play that they don't always look at the feet and I'm like, I think he was dragging his foot for a while and sure enough they overruled it and it was a deep uh deep catch. I think it was like forty some yards right down the sideline. Um Jaden Reed has looked like a dude too. He's uh-huh. there's been so many new guys on this team and so many different players to talk about. Jaden Reed's almost like you know, slip through the cracks where he doesn't have a lot of hype, but it really seems like he's going to be an interchangeable part of this offense, at least between him, Dobbs, and uh Christian Watson, where those are going to be the three guys and then whoever else, you know, we find out that's that's just a bonus really, because I think those are three bona fide receivers. And sticking with Watson too, we haven't seen a ton out of him. There was that deep throw to him in the Bengals game. But I like that, and obviously LaFleur is going to do it, but we're not seeing those deep routes that we know we're going to see come re- the regular season. Because that's something that Jordan Love has worked on quite a bit too, where he was struggling with that early. And then I think he even said to the media that he's not looking to underthrow those deep balls anymore. And since then, it seems like, if anything, he's overthrown guys, which is you'd obviously rather have that. So any thoughts on the right. top three dudes there? I think, um, yeah, I think it'll be fun
2: to watch him throw to Christian Watson. Um, true, true. And then, and then seeing him, I mean, that's a guy you can't really, I mean, you can, but it's hard to overthrow Christian Watson. Yeah. I think Dubs, too, is going to be fun to watch. I think he got kind of bit by the Rodgers doesn't love you bug last year. Yes, um, more than so anyone, that's, yes. that's pretty tough. When he, he had a good connection with um, love all last training camp, too, it seemed like. And then just kind of like. He didn't disappear, but he was kind of absent most of the year when he seemed to be one of the, the top performers in preseason.
1: I think he lost his confidence and then that ankle injury really fucked him. And he was, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then obviously with Jaden Reed, I mean, he's a really fun guy and he, he seems really explosive. And it's really what we've been, what I feel like this team has been missing yep. in the passing game is that explosive underneath guy, right? Like Lazard was freaking awesome to have, but he's, he's a big slow receiver right mm-hmm. and like then you got Cobb used to be young and explosive a little bit older now didn't quite have didn't quite pop right he was always in the right yeah. spot but like it's just nice to have those athletes
1: well I, I was gonna say the thing that I've thought of is like that meme where it's like show me the real it's like show me the real slot receiver and then it's Derry Shepard show me the real slot receiver and then it's Amari Rogers and it's like show me the real slot receiver it's like ah Gene Reed okay I think we <laughs> finally got a competent a guy with a bill that can actually hold up in the NFL But that's what
2: we thought about Amari too we thought when we when we got Amari was like this guy (laughs) when we built like
1: when we drafted him I was excited after that and especially with that return shit it was he got sour on him pretty quick and he was like (laughs) he was one of those guys who was like oh my god coach's son you know his dad was the receiver coach for the Ravens when he got drafted and he coached at Clemson and shit too and And he was mentored by Cobb yeah, mentor by Cobb. I was like, this is perfect. And then it's like, oh, wait, maybe like his dad had to hold his hand like, <laughs> yeah. for these cases. I don't know. I feel bad for Amari. I, I really feel like there was that, uh, there was a video that came out after he got drafted that when he was training or something, they're like, well, who would you like to play with in the league? And he's like, oh, I'd love to play with Aaron Rodgers. And then Aaron Rodgers just fucking broke his soul. So Ooh, that is sad. Yeah. Other than that, um, it's a very deep group this year. I wish we could have had some of these fun projects in previous years. Right. Obviously, a little tough when Cobb was kind of, you know, penned in and Lazard <laughs> and fucking. Sammy when Rogers Watkins stole or the pen and was yeah. writing names down, which is fine. I mean, I still I was fine with bringing. I was fine with it too. The bringing time. them back would have been in better if we just didn't fucking draft Amari Rogers. Um, that's true. Yeah, but obviously Malik Heath, he's kind of been the you know undrafted guy of training camp. Talked a little bit about that on the last episode, but he keeps producing in these play, in these preseason games with Sean Clifford. It was funny because they asked him after the game, Sean Clifford's like, oh, what's this, you know, relationship like, you know, this, um, what you have going on with Malik Heath? And he's like, oh, it's great. You know, I trust him so much, blah, blah, blah. And he was like kind of heartfelt. And then they asked Malik Keith the same thing after the game. He's like, yeah, I just like that he keeps throwing me the ball. And that was, like, pretty much it. Like, he was just (laughs) just more so that. But he's been great. Um, He seems to be the prototypical – I guess this isn't prototypical – but the Lazard replacement. But it's very tough just with how this is all shook out because we have Watson, Dobbs, Reed, who are all guaranteed. I would say Wicks, the fifth-round pick, pretty much guaranteed as well. And then it's you know Malik Heath, who's been pretty much the best of these young guys who came in. But then it's Samari Ture and Bo Milton, who was good at the beginning of the year. And then it's Grant DeBose, who didn't practice until a week ago for the first right. time. And he's been performing really well, too. I mean, he had a couple of nice grabs in the, uh, in the preseason game against the Pats, too. So it's tough because if you keep all the drafted guys along with Ture and Malik Heath, that's seven guys. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think if I had to guess right now, I think we're cutting Samari Ture. And then we're going to keep Malik Heath. Maybe maybe it ends up being uh, Grant DeBose who we cut. But it's well, tough to keep. You haven't even keep.
2: talked about Cody Crest, who we <laughs> talked about before. Randy Moss said is the best young wide receiver. I
1: looked that up after, too, and I was like, oh, my God. It's I can't bad. believe you yeah, fell for that. It. But I got got. Cody Kress is going to be a practice squad guy for sure.
2: Okay, but back, like, so to the wide receivers, though, like, fullback, we're not keeping a fullback.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. Sarah
2: McGuire is getting cut. Henry Pearson's not making the squad.
1: Yeah, I think we Keep trying to make Pearson happen, too. Yeah.
2: And then you've got three running backs. You're keeping Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, and Lou Nichols. (laughs) Right?
1: And Lou Lou Nichols, who hasn't practiced in two weeks.
2: You know, if Goody invests a draft, Picking you though, you're staying on the team
1: for three years. Middle well, maybe. (laughs) Well, so let's talk about running backs right now. So Emmanuel Wilson, we haven't talked about him too much before this. So you know, going into camp, it was Patrick Taylor versus Lou Nichols versus Tyler Goodson. Well, Lou gets banged up. Tyler Goodson gets uh, banged up. Sounds like he's he plans to play on Saturday, and then Emmanuel Wilson comes in and he has the most rushing yards in the NFL right yep. now, preseason. You know, obviously that 80-yard touchdown against the Bengals was pretty sweet. That helped. But, God, it's you watch him, r- like, move, and it's unimpressive. But there's no wasted movement with that guy. And it sucks because LaFleur has brought it up multiple times where he says his conditioning isn't up to par, up to snuff, which isn't good. I don't think he's on any special teams units. Him and Goody have both said that special teams is kind of – What's important we talked about in the past too. Yep. where Patrick Taylor is on like nine different special teams packages right. or whatever. So right. it seems like if I had to guess right now, I think it is going to be Jones, uh, Dylan and uh, Patrick Taylor who makes it. And then we're going to just do that call up deal with it's, the practice squad there on out if we need a different guy to come it's gonna in. It's going to be Lou's going to be on the team. I don't think so. Well, you think he's uh, not going to be on
2: the team? Or You, think, oh, you think, think he'll be on the practice squad?
1: I think we'll cut him and he'll be on the practice squad because Goody doesn't like cutting draft picks, but he will cut them. Like Jake Hansen, he got Can cut. Can they find career. a way to just
2: throw him on the pup or something?
1: Well, that's the joke kind of, and they were talking about that last year even with Amari where it's like, oh, uh, damn, he dropped a weight on his toe. He's got to go on the <laughs> IR. You know, that's – and I wouldn't mind that just with any him. of the – Can we just redshirt him? <laughs> exactly. And maybe that'll happen with uh, – Tay Wicks, I believe, is injured right now again, too. So maybe that's what will happen Yeah, with he's him, got a hammy. That's what it is. Okay. Side yeah. note on Dantavia and Wicks, though, is people are saying that he's a pretty good blocker
2: and happens to wear the number 13. Interesting. I had not heard that. I didn't think he was
1: that big Beat of a writer guy. said that.
2: I can't remember who it was. He's not a huge guy. Yeah. He's like 6'1", I think. But...
1: Hmm. Oh, and then the only other thing I'd say is Emmanuel Wilson reminds me of Sam Congato. I looked it up, too. Same height, pretty much same weight. Gatto was a little faster, but who knows? You're just a Sam right Con now. Gatto stan. Everyone loves Sam Con Gatto <clears throat> being but you the, the fucking heart surgeon. Ech, I don't know. Us us diehards. Us uh, uh, railbirds yes. from back in the day are all big Sam Con Gatto fans. Um, moving on to the tight ends, which we mentioned briefly there. Tyler Davis tore his ACL since the last time we talked, which... You know, you think isn't that big of a deal, but he is kind of the special teams guy. Rich Passaccia said that it's like losing your right hand or thumb or something like that. So he was very, very devastated with the torn wow. ACL, which does suck. And I think Wieldy was talking about it, too. yeah, wrote a piece how last year uh Tyler Davis was really struggling, and this year it's been the opposite. And he was really looking good on all the units and stuff. So that's a big bummer. Um but other than that, obviously, Luke Musgrave is the guy to talk about, the big, tall giraffe. Um, he's been out on the field for every snap that Jordan Love has been on the field for. I think that's going oh, to be wow. the most interesting connection we'll see this year because it seems like they're kind of off at times, but he's also going to be the biggest you know, matchup problem that a defense will face when coming up against us. So, yeah, tight ends. Do you know anything about... Uh, Austin Allen, I know he's very tall. I believe he's number forty-nine. Yep. What is he? Six, eight, six, seven? Six, eight, 253. Yeah, fuck it, it's. Is
2: that the Mercedes Lewis replacement? Can he block? He better be able <laughs> to block, right? I mean, he
1: he was a practice squad signee last year, so he's been with the team for I don't know since the end of last year. So he's been in the system, but it's funny because. Goody is just, you know, a sizist where we didn't even know we had another fucking <laughs> six, eight guy on the squad. You know, it's like, oh, shoot, he's gone. Oh, I guess we're having a freak step in. So <laughs> I don't know if he, how much he plays on special teams, but I'm sure he's a guy who they'd like to stash on the practice squad as well. Again,
2: you think Goot just goes, he, like, he goes to the trainers. He's like, throw away all the mediums, and the smalls, <laughs> and the larges. We don't need them. It's extra large. To 6X, yeah. and that's it. That's all we have.
1: Unless he's trying to bring in a weapon for Aaron Rodgers. You know, the, the highest drafted weapon that the two highest drafted weapons that Goody brought in for Aaron Rodgers are uh, AJ Dillon and Amari Rodgers. Well, AJ Dillon's at,
2: an XL, XXL guy.
1: Yeah, but he's about, a, I don't know, X at. He plays like he's wearing a <laughs> XS, maybe. Oof, God. That. Really smooth joke there, yeah, Spencer. You should have gone for medium. <laughs> yeah, fuck, that's a lot smoother. But yeah, it, hey, he had a great block against the Patriots on the touchdown. He had an awesome
2: so. block. I love that, actually.
1: And Tom Silverstein did say that he's looked better this camp as well, where he's it's, he said it seems like the coaches really did get on him about putting a foot in the ground and just cutting up field. It's like, fuck. Literally, just do that. Anybody could have told him that. <laughs> <Right>? I just... <laughs> yeah. I think
2: it's most disappointing when you see if he's Quadzilla, I wanna see if you if you nickname yes. yourself Quadzilla, yes. you better run somebody over. Like yes, I don't wanna see you get arm tackled. And it's just like ugh.
1: If you're putting overalls on after the game, after a winter game, and you're talking all this stuff, it's like, dude. You have to you're...
2: run people over. Yes. Please. You have to be Brandon Jacobs.
1: Yes. Like God. That would be nice. Yeah. Yes. Because we over. still, still have that ingrained in my brain, uh, him running over Charles Woodson or Al Harris, one of the first drives in the two thousand seven NFC Championship game. Just like you know, we need Eddie Lacy back. We need a dog. We need somebody that's like they get a they get a swing
2: pass or a toss play out on the outside. and It's not run to the corner. It's the linebackers in front mm-hmm. of you, and I'm gonna run them over. Like that's what we need for a power back, and we have. We don't have that. Maybe this year we will. Let's be optimistic. Yeah. He just like, I just want him to be like aggressive. Like, that's what I want. That's the change of pace we need is like aggressive.
1: That okay. is one of those, sorry, one of those things too with these running backs and some of these guys we haven't seen. Like, Tyler Goodson has said he's good to go, even though he's had that sling and stuff. I wonder if they're not putting some of these guys on the field because they don't want other teams to see him so that they can stash him on the practice squad as well. So, like Tyler
2: Goodson. That, oh, yeah. I get what you're that, saying. They yeah. want to stash guys in the practice squad. Okay. Yeah. Maybe.
1: Yep. Uh, offensive line, like I mentioned, Jake Hansen was cut, uh, on Tuesday with a shin injury. I feel bad for him. He was not a good player, but I mean, he started week one last year and always cut before final cutdowns. Yeah. But man, that dude, he was getting hurt and he didn't play (laughs) any, the Uh dude always got hurt. I feel bad for him. But, uh, other than that, it's been a, once again, interesting group this year with the offensive line. Obviously, a bunch of tackle depth, very little interior depth, but it does seem like Josh Myers. God, I always feel when I say his name, I always think I should be saying Chris Myers. Josh Myers seems to be the starting center, even though he once again had a bad snap against the Patriots, Um, which again, so the excuse for that was he saw someone jump, you know, out of his peripherals in the neutral zone, he thought, so he snapped it. If I'm getting ready to play the Packers, and I know that, I'm having guys jump and not go in the neutral zone. Shimmy, all the time, like a third down or something too, like a big play. Just do that and try to cause some disruption. If if you can force an early snap, why not do that as much? I don't think that's what happened. I think he needed
2: to make up an excuse.
1: It no, it everyone said that, and you watched the tape, and a guy did jump. He wasn't very far, but so that's corroborated. That's one of those things that was ingrained in his brain, too, with Rogers, who would yell at him for not snapping it if uh, someone jumps. So now he's going to keep doing it. But uh, Rashid Walker, he's been kind of the name to talk about this last week, the seventh round pick out of Penn State last year. He's been playing a lot at left tackle with David Bakhtiari taking, I don't know, it seems like he practices one day and will take two days off. Yep. So it's been Rashid Walker who started against the Patriots and looked really good as well. Didn't give up any pressures, I think, but now Caleb Jones as well, the second year player, the monster, who's like six, nine out of Indiana. He's gotten in that mix of being the backup left tackle as well. A lot of people, and I might be on my own for this, but a lot of people think Yash could be traded and that very well could happen. You know, he's still a solid tackle in this league, but the way the Packers have handled the offensive line through the LaFleur era, I wouldn't be surprised if week one, we do line up with Zach Tom at center and Yash starting at right tackle. Cause I think having Yash stay at right tackle, because people are like, Oh wow, Yash isn't getting these backup left tackle snaps. I think he's more likely to play right tackle than any of those backups are at left tackle where it's either Josh Myers is going to have a very short leash at center or they want to have a plan prepared where if someone goes down, you're not moving your whole offensive line around. You know, you're not moving sure. Josh from right tackle to left tackle. You know, Tom from right tackle to wherever. So I think they're trying to simplify it that way. But at the end of the day, it looks like we're going to keep nine offensive linemen. I would guess it's going to be Bach Terry, Elton Jenkins, John Running Jr., Zach Tom. Yash and Josh Myers, and then it'll be Rashid Walker, Sean Ryan, and Caleb Jones. And after that, you know, Luke Tenuta, he's gone. Jake Hansen's already gone. And then Cole Schneider, the center we signed a couple weeks ago, who's with the team previously as well. Yep. I think they're all gone too. So great depth at tackle, really bad depth in the interior. Right. Yeah. And side note, Caleb Jones, 6'9, 3'70. I know we've talked about Forbes, a monster. Gigantic. And I he's believe he's... His father owns a barbecue restaurant. Uh, whatever city he's from, can so he I'm
2: play sh- guard? Just no. for fun. Let's just I don't see think. It.
1: I don't think he can bend over enough to play guard. Sit on know? someone. Just <laughs> pancake yeah. him.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a really. Ex- I mean, it's a fun. I mean, Zach Tom on the right side has played amazing too. So it's tough to like. I he feel got bitched like- today.
1: Rashawn Gary fucking. They said he. It was in Reggie practice. White in the Super Bowl. They oh, said like oh, really? forearm shimmy just fucking pushed him over. Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. I mean, he is—is is he a little bit smaller? I don't. I mean, smaller All, than Josh.
1: A little Six bit. Six four three o four. He did put some guy. pounds on this off too. Yes. Yeah. Um.
2: So I'm interested. So you're saying you think Yash would get traded, wouldn't you? If you're the Packers looking at, if you have a surplus in tackles. And you, Mm -hmm. let's say you have a tackle who maybe sat out for like a year and a half, (laughs) wouldn't you maybe look in that direction for a trade? That's
1: that's what people have said too. That was the big thing when moving just X's and
2: O's, right? Like just looking at it on paper.
1: But uh, but I don't. That's that's why I also think this. And I you know by the time we're listening to this, maybe we did trade Yash. But the thing about it 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 too is we have a lot of depth at tackle right now, but not a lot of long term depth. David. Bakhtiari is not going to be on the Packers next year. Yash is only on under contract for this year. And then we've got these young dudes, you know, so I maybe that's why they're sticking.
2: Maybe that is why you get rid of Dave because you want the long-term and Dave's injured all the time.
1: Yes. But at the same time, I don't think they want to get rid of one of the best left tackles in the league when you have, you know, a huge valuation going on with your new starting quarterback. You don't want to put out a seventh rounder, undrafted dude at left tackle to replace him. Now, maybe the year goes to shit to create him down the line, but I'm looking at the long term of this offensive line in the tackle position. Yes, Zach Tom can be there, but Josh Myers, his contract's going to be coming up too, and I don't think he's going to perform that well. I th- I would want to see Josh play right tackle one. So, if he's good, fucking sign him. He's your right tackle. Yep. Tom, you can figure out a spot for him. Move on from David, whatever. Um, God, where was I going with this? Oh, but then also, if you play Yash Moore, his value is going to go up if you do want to trade him later in the year. But more importantly, at the end of the year, that compensation pick you're going to get is going to go up too if he gets a better deal. So I don't know. I think you have a better offensive line if Yash plays right tackle and Tom plays center, and it also benefits you in the future because someone else is going to sign Yash sure. and get a better compensatory. You're looking play for, for a tackle. comp pick. That and I think it's the best offensive line, and I think it's the cheapest. Yeah, no, you're, line you're in the probably right as well.
2: I'm just thinking if you're going to look to trade somebody,
1: yes. Dave seems
2: like the it, obvious choice because of in Al. a vacuum. Yes, And the fact that he's... I mean, he's not even practicing every day. Right. Like, that has to make you nervous as a GM.
1: I i guess I would... You don't say you're nervous, but
2: everybody in the building has got to be going like, man, I I really hope Dave's knee is good.
1: Yeah, but it it isn't... I don't think there's, like, a new injury or anything. It's just his wear and tear, because this is what they did all of last year, too. I... I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be an ongoing thing all year. He's, he's uh, forever questionable is Bakhtiari.
2: Right. Which is a problem because you look at Rashawn Gary granted different age, different people, but like, look at how Rashawn has come back from
1: the ACL. Yes, And then look at Dave, like there's something wrong with Dave's knee. He's not playing. There's obviously something wrong with it, but I, it does seem like a lot of it is mental. Like, Reading between the cracks from last year and looking how the way things played out and the way people have talked about it, he doesn't like to play on turf. And one of the biggest things for me, too, was that game against the Commanders in Washington, the worst field in the fucking league, pretty much. And he was a surprise. Oh, Saturday pops up. He's questionable. And sure as shit, he doesn't play on Sunday. I don't think that's because something popped up. I think it's because David didn't want to play on that grass with his knee, and they did it late in the week for a competitive advantage so that the commanders didn't know he wasn't going to play. But I think the Packers knew all along he wasn't going to. Just the way they – anytime they talk about Dave, Matt gets like this weird face on him, and there's something goofy going on where I think he's pretty much said we – I, I don't want to do certain things if I don't feel comfortable. And you've invested tens of millions of dollars in me. I don't want to go out there and get hurt. I think I could see that. that's what's going on. That's also a problem for me, though. If yes, dude, like oh, you yeah. have to go play football. Yes, it like, maybe you're not be worth this ten million
2: dollars if you play fifty percent of the games. Right. So then you're not worth then you're not worth it anymore. I also have another thing too because do you remember when he said before somebody questioned on him after. I think it was after this season, somebody questioned him and he's like, no, he's like, dude, I get so much fluid in my knee. Yes, He's like, they pull liters of yes. fluid out of my knee. So it's not, I don't think it's all mental. I think there's legitimately, he's even said, I mean, like when you yes. get that fluid build up in your knee, and I think it's probably normal to some extent. Um, I've heard about people getting it before, just like people that I know, but like, you don't get it for forever. <laughs> like. Well- That's what that second
1: year was because it kept flaring up, you know, and they had to drain it. And that's why week 17 he played and flared up again because he talked to Nagler that off season. And then last year, you know, he had, he, they had to drain his knee again. So it's, it's a little bit of both. I'm saying they
2: still have to drain his knee and that's the problem. That's my guess. I don't know. I I'm saying there's still something actively wrong with his knee and that's why he's not playing every day. He's not practicing every day.
1: I think, yeah, there's so aftershock effects, but I don't think there's anything major going on right can now. Can we but give I don't know. Him we'll never him
2: Rashawn's know. ACL and then Rashawn can grow a new one in three months?
1: Yeah. Isn't that fucking wild? <laughs> and on top of that, Rashawn, Gary tore his ACL, um, obviously. And Eric Stokes had his ankle injury the same game. And it looks like Stokes is going to be on the PUP and Gary's, you know, probably going to suit up week one. He might not play a ton, but he'll be, uh, he'll be ready to go. Um, Animal. Yeah. Defense, got to start with fucking Mr. Joe Barry uh, and his presser, his weekly, monthly presser, and this just sums up Joe Barry and the Packers defense so well, I think. So they asked him about, you know, being up in the press box, which I'm sure a lot of people heard about how he finally called a game from the press box against the Bengals his first time ever doing it. And then he did it against the Patriots as well. And he said that he really liked it. You know, he could see everything. He could lay out all his papers and stuff and how he was always so against it, but he never tried it. And then after he tried it, he was like, wow, this is great. It seems like he's going to be in the up there this year uh, calling the defense. Ironically, later in that press conference, they, I believe Ryan Wood brought up the potential of bringing of playing Razul Douglas at safety because earlier in that day or the previous day Razul you know kind of jokingly at his locker said he was the starting safety for the Packers and Joe Barry said uh I've never seen Razul Douglas play safeties or starting corner when Razul Douglas did take snaps last uh training camp at safety but he pushes back on it so one it, it just shows you how Joe Barry doesn't want to try different things, and even though when you try different things, it could be beneficial, like going to the booth, like trying Russell Douglas out at safety, but it's also weird that he said he hasn't seen him play safety. So I wonder if they have that idea, and potentially they'll do that this year, but he was kind of pushing back because they don't want anything to come out. But either way, I thought that, was, that just shows the irony of how Joe Barry's brain works.
2: Yeah, I mean whatever for him. If
1: anything, any change is good for Joe. Change it all. That's- let's run a let's run a different defense. That couldn't couldn't be worse. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that too with uh Lucas Van Ness's comments this week too. Oh. Um But uh yeah, other than that Jair, he hasn't played much. He's got that groin injury, but it seems like he's being held out more so precautionary than anything else. Carrington Valentine, I believe we've talked about him in the past, but got the seventh round pick out of Kentucky. Had a great game against the Bengals. He got burnt to shit by uh, Booty on the Patriots. Um, but either way, a seventh-round pick. It seems like he's going to be a dude eventually. I don't think we'll see a ton of him this year unless we do have some injuries or move someone to safety like Razul, but I don't think that's going to happen. And then there's William Hooper, the undrafted rookie out of Northwestern State, who's been pretty solid. He is currently the highest-rated corner on Pro Football Focus. Oh, any corner thoughts there, Todd? Um,
2: not really. Nothing new, I guess. Still, yeah, true. yeah. still a, m- a more solid group at the top with question marks below. But I think it's good to see Carrington, you know, having some success. I mean, all the, albeit it did get burned, but um, get some reps in there and be nice to add a little bit of depth to that group.
1: Yeah, he looks good at number thirty-seven as well. Um, Ooh, sticky safety, safety. <sighs> So we had our, like, bold prediction thing on our last episode or two episodes ago. You said that the – what was it? I said the uh, defensive line would underperform. You said the safety group would underperform. Far and away the safeties. The safeties (laughs) are fucking – there's been no good news about the safeties. Uh, It seems like Darnell Savage is locked in at the starting spot, but fuck, man. Like Tom Silverstein said this today, too. He said the only players he feels confident about – making this team from the safety group is Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford, and Anthony Johnson Jr. And that's it. They've rotated to various Morin, uh, Jonathan Owens, who has not looked good, who apparently looked good in practice but has not played well in the games. Um, if it were up to me, it's like, yeah, have Savage and Rudy out there. I'd probably put Rudy and Anthony Johnson Jr. just so that you know, you assume Anthony Johnson Jr. would get better over the right. season. But fuck, man. It is it is not good. They look lost out there. I wouldn't be surprised if we did something similar to last year where we picked up Rudy Ford after final cuts. I wouldn't be surprised if we end Pick up cutting. Up somebody. Yeah. Uh, if we do cut, like, uh, Tavares Moore or Jonathan Owens and then scoop someone up. And but... we
2: put Simone in and just see how she does. Swap Simone, <laughs> Simone and Jonathan Owens. That's a, that's a, I wild.
1: Yeah. I wonder if this is one of those things where Mark Murphy pops his head in the room and he's like, you know – the interactions on uh, social media would be a lot better if, uh, you know, Simone Biles was in green Bay for the season, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm pretty let down. Hopefully they look better, but fuck. It, it's like Dallin Levitt, you know, I feel better about Dallin Levitt making this team than Jonathan Owens or to Moore more, just because of how much he plays special teams, especially with uh, Tyler Davis going down. Now it seems like Levitt is pretty much a shoe in to make the roster. So, the we'll positive
2: see. that I will say is, I think you can probably go out on the street and pick up a better safety. Your odds to—I should I'll say it this way—your odds to go out on the street and pick up a decent safety are probably better than your odds to go out on the street and pick up any other position.
1: Yeah, I mean, we were like able a, to do, like do it last serviceable. year. Serviceable, serviceable. Right. Not yeah. Great, I mean, great yeah, ones are that- hard to come by it's literally how we you know got Rudy Ford so hopefully someone gets cut on these cutdowns here and we yes. can scoop them up and implement them but yes we
2: that it, position everybody in that room should be renting right now mm-hmm. nobody should buy a house <laughs> yeah. because it, it is not it's not looking great right now
1: right yes um inside linebacker i don't really have anything to talk about devondre campbell's banged up right now I'm sure he'll be fine to start the season and still not, we haven't seen the flashes from Quay yet, which I hope we will see come the regular season. He's like, have
2: you ever seen, have you ever like picked up a car magazine and you're like at the dentist and they have like, Oh, the new 2020 Mustang, but it's got like, it's got like a
1: cover over it. That's okay.
2: That's Quay Walker and training camp. They're just hiding <laughs> okay.
1: it. Okay. Yeah, no. Well, you should have done a better one. Like the, I don't think they do it anymore, but I remember checking out at gas stations when you're like a kid, and they have like the Playboys, and there's like a plastic oh, cover over okay. the top in some very sensitive areas. <laughs> maybe that's what. <laughs> okay. Maybe sure. Right okay. Now. Both yeah. both analogies work. Yeah. <laughs> Outside linebacker, the other big piece of news this week—well, I guess two weeks ago—is big news where he started practicing, but Rashan Gary participated in 11-on-11s on Tuesday. And again, like I said earlier, on Wednesday, the last day training camp, apparently absolutely destroyed Zach Tom. So that's pretty good. Um, JJ Inigbare, I mean, fucking toasted the Patriots. Apparently, those two practices, he was grilling them, too. They don't have a good offensive mm-hmm. line. And then in the game, he obviously had the strip sack, yeah. which is pretty fucking cool. Was he the After- one
2: that, like, had, like, the... He was like long arming the dude, yeah, like straight him back to it. That <laughs> yeah. was nice.
1: Just, just bullied him. Yeah. So, and once again, the first depth chart that came out, they had him as the fifth dude, and it seems like he's going to start the year as that third rotational guy, at least with Rashawn. Yeah. I and mean, so, again, I feel fucking awesome about these, about these guys. You know, Lucas Van Ness is going to be the fifth dude. Who's he's probably been disappointing as far as what we were looking forward to in this drink, You think he's
2: number five behind Hollins? He absolutely
1: is, I think. He yeah. might get more snaps than him. Hollins, as the year goes on, he will. For sure. And apparently, Lucas Van Ness is still pretty solid in the run game. But, I mean, Hollins was a great pickup for us late last year. He was. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if we cut him, if... You know, depending on the numbers, just because of Brenton Cox, the undrafted guy, cheaper and I, has looked pretty good, I so would hate to well. see Hollins
2: get cut. I would, I would really want to see. I mean, whoever, whoever is going to take his place has got to perform pretty well because he would come in on third downs and just be like, he yeah. just got to the quarterback. It was nothing crazy flashy. He just got there. Yeah, he was, it was amazing. He,
1: he, it was surprising how solid of a starter he was to just pick up. You know, it was awesome. Yeah, and. That's what I – maybe we don't cut him at the end of camp here, but I could see him being a guy that we move on from in-season once Lucas Van Ness or even Brenton Cox looks the part, depending on what's going on there. Sure. Uh, So we
2: cut him when we trade for a safety because we're plus 500 going into
1: the trade deadline. That that has to be it. That's what's going to happen. Oh, and then what I was going to say is uh, Lucas Van Ness on Tuesday – said, quote, uh, Coach said the playbook is pregnant. I I would say the reason he said that is because, you know, we talked about how Joe Barry is changing his scheme again. Well, or no, what did bit. he
2: say, though? He, told, he said why. He,
1: yeah, but that part's not funny. I, I, let oh, me, I let thought me that t- was funny. No, let me, let me tell the joke okay. here. So the reason it's pregnant is because Joe Barry, you know, he's letting the players have influence. It's because the, the players have now fucked his playbook. That's what's happened. <laughs> so it's no different because he's letting the play the players influence it. So that's that's the joke. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, that was pretty good. I but I did like Lucas Van Ness's reasoning also. It was oh, well, very of course, yeah. it was very Sappy. football
1: coach. It's, it's always it's always growing and it's better. If you're incubating your thoughts, it's like, Yeah, okay, I know. Thank you, Lucas. Yes, we've heard all the same cliche stuff. I like Ooh. him. He he's got the best hair on the team, Lucas Van Ness. Yeah,
2: he's Johnny Bravo.
1: <laughs> well, he that's is Johnny Bravo. What's coming back this year? Oh, God, I think someone mentioned something similar on Twitter. But it's like the backwards hats, the white guys in backwards hats. It's like Lucas Van Ness. If you see Tucker Lucas Kraft, Van Ness and
2: the two tight ends, yeah, <laughs> like, that's what that's what it is. Put them, put them all in a room and tell them apart.
1: I did notice, too, the uh, Musgrave and Kraft on Saturday or whatever, that Patriots game, they both had the same face paint, the black face paint on the side of the nose going all the way down. So I wonder if they're going to do that shit all year and just be the fucking Bash brothers. So
2: It's like the Smith bros again.
1: Yeah, except uh, wider and taller. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, defensive line, Wyatt, like I said, dropped out a – practice today because it was too hot he had a pretty good week against the Bengals. not so good against the patriots haven't heard too much about him but tj slayton again uh bill huber had him as his player of the game or player of the practice for the last practice of training camp and then the guys on the field i mean colby wooden has been solid and i should just say this th- this preseason usually i'm pretty good at numbers and shit and obviously we see him when we draft these guys bring them in but so many times i'm like Who's 96? Who's 94? You know, you have to like yeah. double check these things, but Colby Wooden, number 96, he's been solid and then Carl Brooks had a really good game against the Patriots. We had a couple pressures. He's been better than expected. You know, again, this defensive line group, I think we're going to keep 6. I think we are going to keep uh God, I always forget his name. Jonathan what is it? God. Jonathan Ford. Jonathan Ford, number 99, the nose tackle. It sounds like we're going to probably keep him too. But either way, I – once again, it's the addition by subtraction just moving on from Dean Lowry. Hopefully, these guys can perform this year and our run defense can actually be average. All I want is average. I think our pass D is going to be great. I think our run D, if it can be average, I'm elated. I think
2: I think the goal this year, I think with if you look at the guys that we have, you keep Jonathan Ford, you've got Tadaryl Slayton, you've got Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt. I'm just thinking run game here. And yeah. then you got Lucas Van Ness if you need to put a big body in on the outside, right? To to stuff the run. I mean, maybe not super serviceable yet, but yeah. I think it looks to be his forte is is run at this point, right? Like he's yes. a big body. I think I think the strategy for the defense is stop the run, but we got to get pressure before they throw the ball and torch our safeties because <laughs> the safeties. are yeah. – So we got to get pressure on them. Maybe do a little press coverage. I don't know what it looks like, but don't play 15 yards off the ball and give them free pass plays. Like, stop the run. The, the, the new identity has got to be stop the run. And Yes. And, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's well, everybody, but I think we actually have the personnel to do it if we keep those big bodies and, and rotate them in and out.
1: Yeah, we'll see. It It's funny to say that, too, because it really is. And that's kind of been what they've gone for in the Aaron Rodgers era was just good enough of a defense that if you get a lead, you can just rush and try to make plays. But, but we
2: were always bad against the run. It was it was make them make them throw the ball so we can pin our ears back. Like that was always the strategy. Right? right. And like, let them run. We'll put up more points than you. Like that was what it was. Where now I think it's maybe shifting a little bit like we need to stop the run. And then,
1: yeah i I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It's just tough because we haven't had a good run defense in a while. I think Pettin's first year we might have been solid, and then like 2014 was probably the last time where we had a decent run defense too with Johnny Jolly and those guys. But yeah, yeah. It, I don't know. It's it's dumb. We're just in that point of our fandom where you know it's like fans are like, oh. I'm looking forward to throwing to the middle of the field and our quarterback being nice to receivers and having a run defense. It's like, well, yes, but if we get all that and everything else goes to shit, it's like, oh, well, this still sucks too. So,
2: yeah, it's always every, it's the same thing. It's like, we're always looking at, like, oh, we're going to be better here this year because of this. But it's like, where are we going to suck? Well, we're going to suck at safety. So, it's a pretty important part
1: of the field to be good at. (laughs) right and that's why I'm like hey if we're gonna suck at safety let's pick the guy who's gonna blitz. suck but he's gonna get better yeah yeah, yeah. blitz right. the shit out of him that's yeah, what we gotta that too. do <sighs> fuck I wonder yeah I don't know Joe Barry yeah, I don't know that's the thing too it's like <laughs> we're like this is the year he's gonna be more aggressive but it's like his job was on the fucking line at the end of last year I guess he did put it together but he didn't really change that's anything better. I think they changed they played more like cover six and shit like that but Outside of that, it was just I don't I don't know I don't what, yeah who mean? knows it's,
2: is your job ever on the
1: line if Matt's the head coach? You no, know. yeah, so, only only if um, only if Matt's job is on the line. Well, the, yeah, the only guys who he's really fired was Mike Pettin, who he didn't really pick. Uh, the two special teams coordinators, which he was kind of forced to bring in, he did like Murray Straight from the beginning, and then Elvis Witted, the wide receiver coach, the first year. He moved on from and then we've had Jason Vrabel ever since who I don't know mixed reviews I would say sure. for him. Uh but yeah, uh special teams, Andres Carlson, fuck it. For how much for That's how many it. moving parts, yeah, for how many moving parts we're gonna have this year. I wish we wouldn't have to worry about kicker, but it seems like we're gonna have to worry about kicker. He didn't kick on the last day of training camp, the day before that. He was two for six, I believe. He missed the extra points against the Bengals. It seems like he can kick pretty well in Lambeau, but outside of Lambeau, he's erratic. Uh, the other point or two was yesterday when he had those misses, I believe three three of the four came with Whelan, the rookie punter, holding. So that might give you a bit of a clue for who's going to be the punter this year, but... I don't I I like the idea of Anders. I think he can get it together. He seems like a really smart dude too. He's got a big leg. Just the way the ball leaves his foot on these field goals too, it pops up. So I don't think he's going to get a lot of these uh knock on wood, a lot of blocked kicks. But if he can put it together, I think he's a guy who could be in the league for a while. If he can I agree if he can kick the ball
2: through the two yellow posts, he could be in the True. league for a long time. That's if he goes 2 for take. 6 a lot, he will probably not be in the league for very long unless we decide to do some charity work.
1: Fuck. Yeah. Well, god, you got me there. I can't I can't <laughs> say anything better than I don't know that. anything about kickers. Kick <laughs> it through <laughs>
2: kick <laughs> it through those two
1: yellow things?
2: It's funny. It's one
1: of literally, literally that's one of the things where everyone can agree on. It's like, well, that kick was good. Oh, that kick yeah. was no good.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, but, I don't
1: I don't know anything about it, but yeah. if you if it goes through the two good enough and see you next time and we know he has to kick better than Mason Crosby on kickoffs at least apparently in in his instagram videos uh Crosby's been posting some he's had like like 60 yard field goals he made or something too so he did have surgery during training camp or sometime in the spring last year so that might have affected some of does he how have, he's any, have any
2: interest from other teams like
1: not not yet but i would be shocked if he doesn't kick somewhere Next year, I'm a little surprised that he hasn't. Well, it's probably a maybe it's by design too, where he doesn't necessarily want to show up for training camp and (laughs) go through that type of grind this early. But I sure I would bet he'll be signed in the next two weeks, if not pretty early in the season. Because again, the Cowboys seem to be the perfect spot for them. I know he they cut a kicker, but I it's gross, but to see him with Mike again, I'd be like, ah, shucks. That's okay. Nah, that's fair neat. enough. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Forget and then Mike punting. It's O'Donnell and Whelan. Like I said, I think Pat O'Donnell is going to be the dude. I don't know if he has anything after this year left for his contract, so maybe it would be perfect to get <laughs> Whelan on the practice squad and train him up because to literally just learn how to hold. If Wheelan can yeah. learn how to hold, it seems like he'd be a actual professional a solid kicker or punter I should say. So, yeah, he he's the one
2: who excellent. had like the really the really significant hang time on like all yes. his punts, right? Like Andy's
1: just... like everyone else, he's 6'5" or 6'6", six six right. too, like another X-X-L. just fucking beast. Yes. So, we'll see, and then along snapper is probably going to be Orsich, the guy from the Rams who has a Super Bowl ring, but even I don't know. The the other thing that Tom Silverstein pointed out is it seems like when Anders misses it's on bad snaps or and if there's anything extra that's where he kind of misses and he did say how Pat O'Donnell is so good at holding and how quick he can get it down where that's probably going to be the determining factor here so that would be my pick as well obviously but uh yeah that is that is the team that is the entire football team any uh any surprise cuts you think might happen or I- I know we went over it a little bit th- there, but I think
2: I really think that Josiah DeGuara is not on the team this year.
1: That that seems to be kind of that's one of the maybe that's not a surprise,
2: guys. but I think when I think when you take him and you move him to fullback, that's yeah, that's a good sign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a death sentence. Like, yeah. I don't think. I mean Jonathan
1: I Garvin had his position moved and didn't even make it to the first day of training camp, I think. Or he had the first one and then they cut him pretty much. It's just
2: it's just not a good sign. Yeah. And to move him it be it's like one thing to go from like defensive end to tight end or tight end to defensive end. It's yeah. another thing to go from tight end to fullback. We I just guess, barely but... a position in the NFL. Unfortunately, True. I love fullbacks. Yeah. I'm a fullback stand, but <laughs> I'm just saying. You go from tight end to fullback, and it's like, well, I don't even think he was that good of a blocker,
1: <laughs> right? And that's what everyone has said so, too.
2: So you go from being a tight end who's not a great blocker, and then you put him at fullback. It's like, ah, uh, he's gone.
1: Yeah, because I would like more of that. Uh, what is it? Twenty-one personnel where we have two backs. Like, I I want a lead blocker, but I don't think I want that to be. I'm just pro DeGuarra. twenty-two personnel. Oh. Yeah, that and that's what's weird, too, because it's like you could convince me to keep seven receivers, but this is the one year for on the field. We do not need seven receivers.
2: Yeah, I know. It's just it's going to be tough because I feel like one of those receivers or two of those receivers is going to go off and have a good year somewhere else. No matter who we keep,
1: right? Like somebody's
2: leaving and having somebody's going to the Lions and they're going to put up 600 yards this year.
1: Yeah, you know, like, but we do think that a lot of years, and then I would say ninety percent of the time it doesn't happen. You know, like or number, it happens for
2: one year and then they're gone.
1: What was it? it was like DeAndre Borrell, Torrey Gurley back in the day? Tory There's Tory. always these wide You know, Darius Shepherd. We loved Darius Shepherd fucking yep. four years ago. So I don't know. We'll see. I think whoever they do cut for the rec- receiver group will probably be back on the practice squad, but sure. who knows. And, yeah, I don't know – I don't think there's many surprising cuts for me. I would agree it's someone like Josiah Deguara. Some people have mentioned A.J. Dillon. I don't think that'll happen. And gets cut? Yeah, some people – No have, chance. Yeah, I don't think so either. Just the way they've been using them too, that would be That shocking. just would be
2: so odd. I mean, who knows how the offensive line is going to shake out. And, I mean, what do you
1: think? Do you think we keep three QBs? No, I would – it's got to be two. Alex Magoo, who gives a fuck. If someone scoops up now Alex Magoo, that's fine. It's going to be right. Sean Clifford and Jordan Love. It, sure. I, I don't think, especially with when you're having kind of this rebuild mm-hmm. year two, which they keep talking about how Goody's kind of admitted to. Um, just again, this past week when he talked to the media with Mercedes Lewis coming be- not coming back, he said, we're here to win championships. And last year wasn't good enough, which... <sighs> I agree with that's fine. It is funny, too, because he's strictly kind of putting the blame on Aaron Rodgers because he said the exact same thing at the season-ending press conference. Or after Sorry, after we traded Aaron Rodgers, he said, well, because Willie asked him, you know, you said you'd always put up with a Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, there's a lot of stuff that comes with it, but it's always worth it to put up with it. And then Goody was like, yeah, well, I said that before, but, you know, we went 8-9 this year, and that's not good enough. So it seems to be... The yeah. statement that they make for moving on from these guys. So
2: I'm looking at the defense too. You talk surprise cuts, and like I don't know that I see anything that would be like a surprise for me of like there's, guys who yeah. be cut because there's guys who for sure are not getting cut, and then there's everybody else. Right? There's no there's nobody like on the edge. It feels like.
1: Yeah. There's there's no there's no one that there's no one that will get cut that we'd be like oh my god it would be like right. oh, you know that's about it. Right, stupid little stories that we've had um, connected with these guys. Just about like the safety group, you know, to various more Jonathan Owens. One of those guys gets cut. It's like, wow, this would have been surprising if you told me this two months ago, but right now, yeah, not really the case. Not, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, and the even that linebacker too. It's like Quay, Evandre, probably Eric Wilson, Isaiah McDuffie, and then it's
1: like, if we could Isaiah McDuffie, I'd be surprised, I guess, but sure. again, I'd be like, eh, <laughs>
2: like he's never well, yeah, been. A team yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And nothing that's going to shock you, I don't think, on right.
1: defense. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, great pod. I guess we didn't mention it off the top, but uh, new intro, close personal friend, Jeff Janice. Yes. Legend. You know, now. I love Jeff. Uh, a lot of legends. It was Danny Vitale and then Mercedes Lewis and now Jeff Janice. And I guess with Jeff Janice, now he can't uh, play for another team. He's kind of retired. So. Maybe he'll end up being our intro for a while now, but uh, absolute note, Packers legend.
2: I was so excited for Danny Vitale when we got him, know, the Superback mm-hmm. out of Northwestern. Oh, I so much
1: potential. Well, well how about this? Answer to this question. Who <laughs> who would you rather have on the roster right now? They're making the squad. They're taking that, that third tight end, that fourth running back, that fullback spot. Danny Vitale. Or Aaron Ripkowski? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think Do you want that versatility or do you want that big old beaver looking boy? I'm taking blocking? the
2: beaver. I'm yeah. taking Ripkowski because he's a man. I and think like, I am too. Danny was like a workout King too. Like he, he, Danny was no slouch. He was a strong dude, but like the, the versatility at fullback doesn't play. And I think no. that's what we figured out with Danny. <laughs> it, like I wanted a... it to play so bad. <laughs> yeah. It, but it it just doesn't play in the NFL right now, and like Ripkowski could play like yes. that. That that yeah. matters.
1: I mean, he did play for a few years for us too. But God, I still I wonder what world we live in if he doesn't fumble. In that uh, was that the Falcons NFC Championship game, or was, was that, that the when Niners when he was on him the Him the ball and he fumbled it. No, we I threw think we him just the ball one time. Maybe he didn't fumble it. I thought he ran right up the middle and fumbled it in a big game. I th- I Maybe. think it was the 2016 NFC Championship game, but I could be wrong. But either way, like you're saying, I'd rather have that big old bull instead of the yes. workout warrior. Because yeah, give me with- Ripkowski. Like that's the guy
2: that like goes to the gym and he's like, I'm squatting today, and they're like, you squatted six days in a row. He's like, I'm <laughs> squatting again. Yes. Put 600 pounds on. We're going.
1: Like that's Vital- who I want. Vitaly is the fun preseason project. We're like, what if we did this with the offense? Yeah. And then Aaron Rip, you know, Vitaly's the guy who goes to the gym and posts a lot of uh gym selfies, mirror selfies. <laughs> Ripkowski, like you said, he's in there squatting every day, and nobody knows he's. Ripkowski leaves his phone. He's got a, he's got a big phone. thick sweatshirt on, and yeah. you don't see his eyes. Ripkowski leaves his phone in his car, and he goes <laughs> inside. He, goes he doesn't way.
2: even have music. Yeah, I was gonna he say just... no
1: music, just. His own inner uh monologue yes. is
2: what gets him going. God, he and he was like, wasn't he like a state champion
1: lifter in Texas? And like he was know. super strong. He was streaming for a while on Twitch for a while. He was really? uh, having that going, Yeah, the big old red beard and everything. I never watched any of that. In my shit, head, but... he
2: doesn't play video games. In my head, he's like up at 3 a.m. to milk the cows.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like which that's is probably what, what Jordy is doing right now. But it's true. Yes. Yeah. It would be nice, you know, if Pearson makes the team, I'd be for it too. That wouldn't shock me either. If nothing else, just if you look at his picture, his team picture, which on the roster it's hard to do because then you click him and you want to see the big version of it and I never can, he's got like that a fucking that mullet, the jawline, and he looks pissed. I'm like, This is this I is like eighties like- Miami Hurricanes fullback. He, do, he
2: literally does look like he could play at Miami. <laughs> yeah. I would love to keep a fullback. I just think – I just – I don't think it's happening.
1: Yeah, it's you can't much... force it. you got to find the guy. You know, right. that's what DeGuara is. We wanted, you know, that type of guy, and we got wanted your H back, and he just is not yeah. – it's just not panning out. And so
2: they moved him to fullback as like a send-off to not cut him in camp. Yeah. So – We'll see. Know. It'd be great. Uh, to. I love fullbacks, but yeah, I don't think it's happening this year.
1: Yeah. Not going to Maybe next year, but yeah. uh, with that, the last preseason game against Seattle, I believe it's at Lambeau and it's a noon kickoff. You see this, how they it had all these level, kickoffs yeah. at different times. So the team could prepare for a different type of game day for where, when kickoff is. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's why they had this noon one last time it was at seven. And I think before that, it might've been at like three or four or something like that. So, Seattle kickoff is at 6-7, whatever it is. And then Tuesday is cutdowns where they go from 90 to the 53-man roster. I'm looking
2: at it online and it says
1: it's at noon. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. That's that's what I originally said, and then I went back to Seattle game seven. is at noon. Yes. Yeah. It's at noon on Saturday. My bad. Okay. The previous one was 7. The one before that might have been 3. But uh, other than that, uh, like the pod whatever, leave a review. That's cool. Tell someone – about the podcast, even if they don't like the Packers, I don't fucking care. Just tell them, tell them to subscribe, unsubscribe, fuck them, whatever. Yeah, do that. Tell them that. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> there you go. That's a good, that's a good way to sign off. Uh, Todd, do you have anything else?
2: Uh, no, that's it.
1: Yeah, I guess fullback talk probably covered it. So with yep. that, Eric Koskinen, please don't sue us.
0: I didn't work with my job. Just won't pay I worked all here I worked all money and Then they took my money away uh, well, Now I don't care They ain't working like me down here I said hey Cigarettes